0: Welcome back to Katie Corner. When we left off, the Boilermakers were sitting at 14-1, coming off a road loss at Wisconsin and primed to take on 8th-ranked Indiana in Mackey Arena. The Hoosiers led by double digits in the first half, but a late run by the Boilers, capped off by a Matt Waddell 3 in the final seconds, cut IU's lead to 4 at the half. The Hoosiers led by double digits in the first half, but a late run by the Boilermakers capped off by a Matt Waddell three in the final seconds, cut IU's halftime lead to four. In the second half, Conzo Martin took over, scoring Purdue's first nine points. The game went back and forth down the stretch with Martin tying it at 68 on a free throw with just 19 seconds remaining. Allen Henderson missed a 15-foot jumper for IU and the game went to overtime, the Boilermakers in front of one of those crazy Mac Arena crowds we all love so much, took control in OT, running away with an 83-76 victory. Glenn Robinson scored a team-high 33 points to go with 12 rebounds. Zoe had 23 on the game, with 20 of those points coming in the second half. The unsung hero of the night, though, was Porter Roberts. The sophomore guard played stifling defense on IU star Damon Bailey, holding him to a season-worst 11 points on five of 14 shooting. Purdue followed up that victory by putting on an absolute clinic four nights later in a 101-63 demolishing of Ohio State. The Boilermakers dominated every statistical category while breaking the century mark for the third time on the season. Offensively, Purdue shot 51% from the field and actually shot better than that from three, hitting 11 of 20 from deep. Konso led all scores with 25, The Big Dog had 24, and Waddell finished with 17. Defensively, the Boilermakers forced 19 turnovers, including 12 steals. And Purdue dominated the boards 45-22. In fact, the Boilermakers had 21 offensive rebounds, nearly matching Ohio State's total for the game. The win improved Purdue to 16-1 on the year, and then they hit their biggest rough patch of the season, a three-point loss at Penn State. A three-point win at Minnesota and a heartbreaking loss to 13th-ranked Michigan left the Boilermakers at 17-3, 5-3 in Big Ten play, with three games in seven days, including a pair of road trips next on the docket. That's where we pick up the action. Here are coach Gene Cady and host Larry Clisby. It's Katie Corner from February 14th, 1994. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's show. It was one of those weeks for the Purdue
1: Boilermakers that you don't have a chance to see very often uh, in a basketball season. Uh, Last time we talked to you, of course, uh, we were headed for Iowa for a Sunday game, and the Boilermakers uh, made it a three-win week. Two of those wins on the road after beating Michigan State last night and a tremendous comeback, Coach Katie. You're down 15 to the Spartans at their place late in the first half. I mean, I'm not talking midway through the first half. I mean, late in the first half. And you pick up three victories, and it was a wonderful week for you. But we don't get that
2: uh, chance uh, very often to play three games. Uh, I think probably we've lost three before, Larry, but we've never won uh, three in one week since probably about 88. But it was a tremendous week for us, and uh, we're still in there, hanging tough uh, on the uh, championship run. And uh, it was one of those, uh, uh, finally, where we found ways to win, and uh, we did those things that took... uh, to get over the hump in all three games.
1: First game we're going to see, of course, is the Iowa game. But coming into this ball game really was a must-win for you. You were coming off a, a, an extremely difficult loss to Michigan by one point on your home floor. And you really were, you know, your backs were to the wall. You're going to play a pretty good club at their place, a tough place to play, and you had to win the game.
2: And they were and they're getting better every week, and we had to win it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those games where the kids were really focused and
1: they played very well most of the game. Well, let's pick up the highlights from uh, Carver-Hawkeye Arena out in Iowa City. The only thing we can say about, uh, the only thing bad for the Purdue Boilermakers so far this year has been this weather that we've had to go through (laughs) to get the places, but other than that, it's been fine. Here we go in the early going, and uh, this was an up-tempo ball game because that's the style they played. Waddell hits a jumper and it's 13-13. Watch Herb dove. Herb uh, gave us a great uh, spark off the bench.
2: And uh, Herbert's really coming on, Larry. He's made great progress in all areas of his game, except for his jump shot. And uh, he's working hard on that, of course, every practice. And hopefully
1: by a year from now, he'll be a lot better at it. And you're up by five with three minutes to go in the half. And here's a, a big basket by Link Darner. Link's shooting has been very poor this year, percentage-wise. But he has hit some big Big buckets. baskets. Now we move to the second half. This was a, a really a, a tough, physical Iowa team that uh, plays that uh, full-court press and slashing, hacking style of play. No matter who they play, they always seem to get in games like that. and They were tough. Here's Standback, who really had a good week, tremendous week. He's uh, playing like his old self again,
2: Larry. Shooting the ball with confidence, rebounding, jumping, blocking out, playing great D. He's
1: played pretty good D all year. And there he is. Now, here's the biggest shot of the game. They go on a run here and get back into the game, and then Conzo's uh, going to free up. And we're going to get him. Boy, we just barely got there. And he gets it right here. And there's the backbreaker. That's the one-on-one that got the game over with. That was the, the killer. And the Boilermakers win the ballgame 87-78. to They have knocked off the Hawkeyes. And as we mentioned now, you've made the turn at 6-3. and three. It was a game, uh, I mean, with the way the race is stacked up and losing, that came to Michigan at home. It's one you had to have and you got. And It's on national TV, and it was a tremendous victory for you. Yeah,
2: after the Michigan lost, Larry, we said, now you have to go on the road and win one that... that uh, either a a very close game or maybe a game nobody expects you to win and that's just the way it is if
1: you're gonna make a run for the championship and uh, Iowa might have been one of those. Well kind of an interesting story and and maybe a little bit on the bizarre side uh, moving into the midweek game as uh, Purdue uh, was set to take on Northwestern in the first Big Ten game uh, you beat them by one point we're fortunate to do so Glenn Robinson hit a shot with eight seconds left and you denied them to hit one at the buzzer Ricky Birdsong their coach uh, uh, ran into some uh, perhaps some personal problems or whatever, and uh, decided to take a leave of absence, and so you're actually going against a uh, not a new staff, but a new coach and Paul Swanson, his assistant. And you'd have to believe that you know maybe this team would bind together or bond, and I mean bond together, and, and perhaps you know him being his first coaching job, you know you're faced with a tough job here to play those guys. Well, I think what concerned uh, me
2: was the fact that. Uh, Ricky's a colleague and you and you worry about other coaches because uh, being on the NABC board, that's one of our functions to be able to help uh, fellow coaches if there, if there's a possibility to help them. And we don't know what the problem was, but we're very concerned about it and concerned about his welfare for he, he, and, he and his family. And uh, it's one of those games where you really don't know what's going on, but you have a great concern for him. And we did wish him luck uh, to to their staff, to Coach Swanson, and and, like you said, we didn't know how they were going to react to the situation. And I just told our players, you've got to be ready to play every game after the Penn State game, Larry. I said, it doesn't make any difference who we're playing. We have to play our way in our game and be ready every possession. And I think our kids kind of
1: learned from that Penn State game in a big way. Well, we're going to pick up the highlights here at Mackey Arena. And Northwestern came into this game 9-8 and eight on the year, but none and 8 in the conference. And uh, Boilermakers uh, really started well in this game. Now you've had, I guess, we have had very few games that have started even. <laughs> Most of these games have either you've gotten down or you've gotten up. And we, ne- we never uh, back and forth. It's always, we have a run or somebody else gets a,
2: a run at the first and and we've always wanted to dominate the first five minutes, but we haven't done
1: a lot of times. But in this game we do. Brandon with a shot uh, on a turn away in the lane and it's 9-4. And you're gonna have a steal here. Break away and Conzo uh, put it in. except up 11 of 4, so it is a good start of the game. Now, your guards, uh, I want to bring this up. Your guards have been rebounding well, you know what? Waddell and uh, Roberts? Very well. Uh, in uh, the
2: game of Michigan State, they each have five, I think. And in this game, they did okay. They're getting, they're getting some
1: long rebounds. Watch this here Herb up with a really nice feed to Justin Jennings. And- he misses but got it back. And then we talked about uh, Standback in the first segment. He's really coming on of late. And you felt that perhaps he might have played the best game of his career yes. in this game.
2: It's hard to judge that. I'd sometimes sure. say that uh, press conference because uh, you really don't uh, know. But you try to make uh, some positive statements for all players during their careers.
1: And, and this is one of his best games all around. He drops that one in from long range. And as you already mentioned, too, that Herb is uh, doing a good job now. Look at him work the boards. He's had some big offensive rebounds. Probably been your best offensive rebounder in the last three or four games. Yes, he has. And most aggressive on defense. Ball movement was
2: good. You're just doing a nice job here, 34 to 23. Waddell hits hits a, a big shot there. One of the things we try to do, Larry, is get more shots for Waddell. He's shooting the ball extremely well one
1: of the leaders in the country with three-point shooting as far as percentage is concerned. Then you go on this 15 to nothing run at the end of the first half, and uh, I guess the only bad thing about this coach was that uh, maybe you came out bored a little bit in the second half because you're in total control now. You're up by 22 at the half and uh, leading this game 50 to 28. Watch the steal here by Glenn, and then he puts it in. He had 22 first-half points. So in the final 10 minutes of the half, you you outscored them 30 to 10. Now, the second half wasn't too good for you. We went on a,
2: what do you call, a lack of concentration mission, and uh, it, was, it was
1: not very pretty. Do you, I mean would you, I mean this might be a silly question, uh, and I apologize, but do you expect them to maintain that level of concentration through a whole game even when they're up big? All the time. I think that's one of the
2: things you, you, you describe it through discipline is that you try to do it right and you try to do it all the time and, and uh, you, you don't let up. But human nature takes over and I think one of the biggest things Larry is to get players to do things that other players don't want to do in order to win. Ken Williams
1: uh, scores for you.
2: We kidded him after the game and that he knows Herbie he shoots some of those in practice and he knew he was <laughs> going to do that so he got right where he should have been and got it back in the hole. But here Stanback gets another the layup
1: and he'll do it again.
2: Waddell feeds him for another one.
1: And then Glenn on a nice assist here to uh, Justin, and he'll slam it home, and things are your way. 98-81 was the final. Glenn had 29 points, 10 rebounds, and 4 assists in this game, and an outstanding game. And then uh, Martin had 17 points, and Waddell had 12 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists, and the Boilermakers had another win. So you win a season series from Northwestern. And now that sets up uh, the, the, the next game coming up, of course, will be Michigan State. Well, last year we played a very good game at East Lansing. And
2: uh, after our loss with Northwestern here last year, we go up there and win. to start a three-game winning streak, which really got us in the uh, NCAA. So we, we told our players we have to have that same concentration we had last year up there. And hopefully uh, we w- could do that. So, you know, it's one of those situations where we didn't get it at the start of the game at Michigan State. But we're very happy with the Iowa win now, and then then, uh, come back and beat Northwestern when they were having their troubles, and now we're getting ready to go for a big one.
1: Well, the scenario for this game, of course, at Michigan State. Michigan State uh, was in desperate need of a win. They were just coming off a loss to Michigan, uh, an eight-point loss, uh, and they lost to Illinois, where they played very well. So they, uh, I mean, this is a really good ball club that was in desperate need, Gene, of a win. So I, I think almost it was a bigger game for them than it was for you. Well, they, had a great, they have a great
2: set of guards at Snow and Respert, and Anthony Miller's made a lot of progress. And the two forwards, Bethea uh, and Brooks, have become very good forwards. So, and they've added Wieschewski now for two years for outside shooting and playing smart. But uh, we just felt like they were going to be very, very difficult. And uh, we knew we could beat them if we played uh, within ourselves, but it was one of those games that you had to be uh, – you, you couldn't get off to a bad
1: start I told and you, still win. I told you before the game – Hey, if, if, if the home court's worth five and they score the first 10 like they do, you're down 15 points with 38 minutes to go there. And transition defense is one of the things we worked hardest at this week, get back and stop
2: their break, and then right away they have a layup on us. In fact, their first basket was a dribble layup.
1: But as someone would say, they made some shots too, and you got to give them some credit because they hit their first six shots. I mean, whether you guarded them or not, some of them were from outside, and they had to hit them, and they did. Well, you got about, and you know, they got a long battle back now, Coach. I mean, you got a long way to go, and I guess the best thing to do is just be patient, huh? Forty minutes is a long time in a game, Larry. And uh, you try to tell your players you got to take a little bit at a time. You can't get it all at once. Took a long time for Glenn to score, and look how he got his first one. He didn't want to go in there. Uh, that was seven minutes into the game. You're down 17 to 11. Here's Waddell. He was excellent early, and he was the big factor in the game up there last year. He had a great game up there last year, Larry. Yeah. He we get a charge. Glenn's the one that took it. He had two fouls at the time, Coach, so that was big. And then uh, you go on a 9-0 run in the last uh, 2.22 of the half, and I can't tell you how important it was. You were down 15 points with 2.22 to go in the half. And, you know, people are starting to put this one in the loss column, and, and the whole game turned around. Came back and uh, had a uh, great streak right before half. And you were we down, got it down to
2: sing- single digits, right? That was our goal at the last time out to get inside single digits before we ended the half. We got down to six.
1: Okay, now we're going to see Glenn, a uh, tremendous baseline move. He was guarded well as usual, and he makes it 50 to 42. You're still down by eight with 18 minutes to go. Watch Waddell as he strips off the rebound. Again, as I told you, they did a good job on the boards, Waddell and Roberts. And then Iron hits that uh, 18-footer there, and you're within six. And watch uh, Martin. He'll miss, and he'll follow it and get it done at 17 points in the game. Big steal by Glenn. Yeah, now you, and you're going to good judgment here, I think you would say. Now realize to this point, fans, you've never had the lead in this game. There's Justin tied at 54, and then Mr. Darner. Boom. He got the lead. Three-pointer. It was a big, big basket by Link. And Glenn.
2: Come right back with Glenn hitting one out there. He had
1: 23 points, and they were well-earned, believe me. And you got that haunting 66-61 score after this buck. We saw that in the Penn State game, saw it later, uh, right after that, in another game that you were able to win. Some really good shots down the stretch. You're up 68-64. Now, how Porter come clean here? Let's see. Oh. They were uh, not
2: guarding him. All right.
1: right. Hadn't guarded him all evening. And uh, he scored that one, and then uh, Resper with a tremendous drive. That makes it 72 70. And then Waddell with just 25 seconds left has to hit two here. And man, he does. He hits that first one, of course. And it was one on one. It wasn't two shots. You weren't over the limit. He hit them both. That took us a long time to get to our seventh foul, Larry. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. In fact, you had a situation where they they got called for one, and and then uh, apparently the official had called a timeout prior to that happening, and I never saw them put the time back on the clock. That was my only question. Do you remember that play? Yes. They never put the time back. If they said a timeout came after the foul, why wouldn't they put the four or five seconds? They (laughs) forgot. Could have been important. We need to check
2: our whole card and a lot of our timekeepers in this league, I'm telling you. So uh, we talked about that with uh, Rich Falk the other day, that the timekeepers in this league... Uh, we all need to have a meeting, I think. <laughs>
1: well, that was a great win. Fifteen points down on the road, and the team recovers and uh, wins the ball game. 7 Don't get me
2: wrong, Larry. I'm not second-guessing anybody's integrity, but uh, there needs to be some meetings because there's been some uh, fallacies, and not just in our game. I've seen a lot
1: of it happening. Wouldn't you, uh, and I know a lot of people bring this up, in Glenn's case when he can do so many things offensively, he is, he is your best low post player. Probably yes. would be your best center if you, if you yes. wanted to play him there. But he, he can post people up. He obviously can work people one-on-one. And, again, you're going to isolate him a lot from the top of the circle, too, because he, he has the threat of the three-point shot. So he has his whole arsenal, and, and he'd probably be eliminating a lot of his game if you took him away from that area.
2: Well, and also what Glenn needs to learn how to do is play without the ball and get himself open with back screens and, and flare screens and curls and not have the ball. It's easier to get open without the ball than he is with the
1: ball. Yeah, no question about it. and. So exciting to watch! The
2: other team can't play defense, and then that's you can go one on one, but that's not going to work against great teams. Right.
1: Hey, Gene, uh, I know you want to extend your congratulations to the women's team and uh, Coach Lynn Dunn for their great win uh, Friday. It's been a wonderful week for Purdue basketball. Of course, they knocked off the number one team in the country, Penn State, at home in front of nearly ten thousand fans, and also um, go to first place in the league too, and have matched almost your record. What do you mean, my record? No, your record for the the, boy, the men's team for the year. They're 19-3 and <laughs> well, three. Congratulations and and one congratulations, Lynn,
2: and, and, their, and her girls and uh, their staff, because uh, I can't remember anybody since I've been here where Purdue beat a number one team, and that was great. And I hope they get in first place by themselves next week, and I hope we do.
0: You heard there at the end Coach and the Cliz showering praise on the women's team and head coach Lynn Dunn. The ladies had just taken down top-ranked Penn State, 57-54 to 54 in Mackey Arena. It was the program's first win ever against a number one team. The women were in the middle of a historic season of their own, one that would mirror the men's in several ways. Both teams would win the conference crown that season, just the second time in history that two Big Ten champions were from the same school. And both teams finished with identical 29-5 records although the women went a step further in the postseason, advancing to the program's first-ever Final Four before falling to eventual national champion North Carolina. As Coach and the Cliz talked about, the race for the Big Ten title was going to be very contentious in the second half of the season. With nine games to go, Purdue trailed Michigan and Indiana in the standings. Next up for the Boilermakers, a revenge game against the Wisconsin team that ended the perfect season in mid-January. And a trip to Bloomington, where the Hoosiers would be looking for some revenge of their own. We'll tell that story next time on Katie Corner.